here in the heart of the jungle, we find one of the most interesting creatures of its kind. Amazon PPC Advertising. Buried deep amongst the undergrowth with its campaigns and targeting, lay hazards like keywords without conversions, unprofitable ad spend, and a mountain of ever-evolving complexity. But if you look beyond the obstacles of life here, there is hope and opportunity. We will journey to every corner of Amazon ads to explore and share the greatest treasures the jungle has to offer. This is the Amazon PPC Den Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to the PPC Den podcast. I am your host, Michael Erickson Fasheen, and I am joined by our amazingly talented guest co-host for the last few weeks. Brent, how are you doing today? Have you been cycling lately? I have not, but the confinement is soon to be... Uh, eased here so saturday i will be on the road you're gonna be on the road how how many miles will you go or uh, or, or kilometers or kilometers well, I, you know i can work in old money too it's okay <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i guess in terms of miles what 45 50 would be a solid ride for me these days yeah that's that's yeah. a nice afternoon out right on mm-hmm. up in up in the mountains if i can get to them yeah yeah weather okay. permitting and everything exactly beautiful awesome so we are going to be revisiting a topic that we've talked a little bit on on the show before, but I still see it happening. And in fact, I see worse iterations of it. And um, it is something that we've called in the past the keyword dump. And that has merged with the product dump to have an ad group inside your sponsored product campaigns that in i believe is like a an anchor bringing down your roas and just accelerating in, in, it's a great way to increase your acos in fact when people write in and they say hey like can you take a, a quick look at my campaigns without a doubt going in there i can feel my my spidey sense tingling i know that they have this particular campaign structure is alive and well in their account. And it's, it's, it's the keyword dump. It's the product dump. It's where you have a sponsored product with an ad group with keywords, a lot of them, you know, potentially over a hundred. And you have a lot of products that you're advertising inside that ad group too. Sometimes I saw one last week, 700 or so keywords in it and about 500 or so products in it. You know, we're going to talk about why this is not ideal, why this is bad. Um, And it was funny when prepping for the show, I was like, all right, let's have a section about why this is bad. And you're like, why is this good? There's like no reasons for this. So we're going to talk about why it's bad and what to do instead. Brent, what is your 30,000 foot view on you know, these ad groups with hundreds of keywords and loads of product ads inside of them for sponsored products. Sure. Um, well, first of all, I mean, we do audits on accounts on the regular, you know, uh, sometimes uh, in a busy month, a couple per week, usually one per week, 
we see a lot of accounts. However, you have, I think, a better perspective as a software provider, right? So you mm -hmm. see probably far more than we do. Mm -hmm. And so you opened my eyes to this. We, we certainly see the keyword dump move. We even call it the same thing. I think that's thanks to the the ad badger uh, naming naming pedigree. I'm not good at but, naming things. I'm really not. No, no. I think keyword, keyword dump, dump is an excellent, excellent name because it kind of conveys how it feels. You know, the word dump, you know, <laughs> it doesn't make you feel good. And that's right. how a keyword, uh, you know, camp structured campaign like this should make you feel not yes. great. Yes. Um, so I think it, I think it really hits the nail on the head there. Fair enough. Now, when you're telling me there's all these products, you know, hundreds of products, that is something I rarely, rarely see. Mm -hmm. So you kind of blew my mind a little bit, you know, yeah. just as we were talking here before the call. Now, uh, I think, yeah, why is it good is <laughs> maybe a, another um, take on this. You know, not how is it bad, but why is it good? And I think this is maybe people taking the, the idea of 80-20 and just going to the utmost extreme and just saying, hey, let's 80-20, you know, put them in a campaign, get it in there, go ahead. 80-20 of the 80-20 of the 80-20. It's the 2% of the, uh, yeah, 2% effort. <laughs> Although it's kind of warped a little bit. It's like you're doing very little effort for very little result as well, because you shouldn't be doing this. However, it is really, really pervasive. And I have a theory about where this comes from. You know, a lot of times when this happens, I'll ask people like, hey, where did you uh, see this? Like, where did you get all these keywords? And, you know, a lot of times the answer is like some tool and the tool sort of they punch their product or they type in a seed keyword and then they get a huge amount of output uh, all these different related things and what's difficult about that is a lot of times those tools are sort of like seo or product research tools which is just giving as many ideas as you possibly can because when you're doing seo and product research you, you want as many ideas as possible. It's like, you know, if I'm going to be selling coasters, I can type an, in the word coaster and potentially see something like coaster shaped like dogs. And that might not be the product that I'm selling, but it might be a cool idea for me to go and research to see if there's a lot of competition centered around coasters that are shaped like dogs or something, whatever, like dog coasters, something like that. So like using those SEO tools could be really helpful but what I feel like happens is that people will take this list of keywords, copy, paste inside their ad group and have these very, very large keyword based ad groups. And what I also feel like has been happening, too, is large product ad, large, large percentage of the product ads inside the ad group. Uh, I've seen another situation where, you know, somebody is selling coasters. Maybe they're selling all different kinds of coasters and they take all of their coasters and they drop them into the same ad group. So now they've got a hundred percent of their products, you know, maybe it's 15 different coasters. Uh, and in some extreme cases I've seen, you know, over a hundred product ads inside, inside that. So they have all of these different kinds of coasters you know, maybe they have one that, that's ceramic. Maybe they have one that's cork. Maybe they have one that's glass. Maybe they have one that's colored red or blue or green or black. They have all of these different variations paired up with hundreds of different keywords. And it's possible that, you know, they're telling Amazon, hey, this black coaster, have it trigger for, you know, dog coaster. And it, so, so the, the mash, the mismatch that happens is, uh, pretty disastrous. And we are going to talk about why this is bad, but really that's, that's where I think this comes from. I think this comes from 
the well-intentioned, hey, let me go find some extra keywords out there. Like, let me go low scour all of the different ideas and then bid on them and see how they perform. And while the spirit of that is fine, uh, I, I think it, it misses the bar of what Amazon advertising wants you to do. They don't, they don't want you to take so many wild bets on keywords, uh, like hurting your, your relevancy and, and mashing up your data and all these different things. Um, so we're going to talk about some of the pitfalls of doing this as well as what to do instead, you know, where these seed keywords can come from. Yeah, and you make a good point there, Mike, which is basically these tools are for ideation, right? This is like exploring an idea space. It's not so much about here are the things that are super relevant for your particular product. If, if you just put in a seed keyword and you get a list of things, you're the one, it's incumbent on you to do the filtering and the refinement and the paying attention to uh, all the details of those terms. You know, that that's, you're the human who knows that. So, you know, the the algorithm or whatever system that's in the back end is just giving you the ideation phase. And it's not meant to be simply copied and pasted out of there in any circumstance. Yeah, exactly. Not only that, I would add to that list of uh, scanning that list. I would also say it's incumbent on the, the human to also then test those keywords. So the fact that we're grabbing this, I, I you know, that's why I always think of like, you have your, your tested tried and true keywords, and then you have your tested keywords. So by all means, like we should be testing keywords, but to test that many that quickly in that manner of putting them all in one ad group with multiple, multiple products, it, it, it all actually like diminishes the testing that you can get. And we'll get into that. Um, right. <laughs> the, the first point when I see this, this keyword dump is that there's a mashup of match types. Uh, you know, we've got broad, phrase, exact, all meshed up in the same ad group. And it's tricky to, and I'd love to have you speak on some of this with your experience too. It's tricky too, because sometimes people will, uh, maybe maybe they don't have hundreds of keywords, but they might have mashed up match types. So they've got broad, phrase, exact in the same ad group. And, you know, maybe they have an appropriate amount of keywords, like, you know, 20 or something like that. But the performance is good. And they might say, well, what's the big deal about mixing up these match types if my performance is fairly fine? Um, so I'm curious, you know, tell me about your experience with working with match types in the same ad group when you think about segmenting them, when you think about uh, or if you approach an account that's already merged up. Give me your framework for thinking about match types, mixed up match types. Yeah, sure. So I think the best practice, and let me know if you agree, would be to segment match types at the ad group level or potentially even the campaign level. Yep. But there should be some level of separation for them. And that could be done for uh, negative keywording reasons comes to mind. So if you're going to be setting negatives, if there's an exact match uh, campaign or ad group, you're not going to be deploying negatives there. It's simply, mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense. Yep. But uh, in places like auto and broad, those have the most open match types. So you're going to be adding far more negatives there. And so if you're adding negatives in, um, it could have unintended consequences if those match types are of different uh, types inside the same ad group because you're adding those negatives at the ad group or campaign level. Um, I'd also say bidding strategy probably differs between them. And then trying to have a coherent bidding strategy at the campaign or ad group level is probably the best practice. So, uh, yeah, it's going to make it harder to, to organize your bidding methodology. And then just also going through your account and making sense of it yourself. You know, a better organized account is a, is a cleaner account is usually a, a better performing account. Um, so if anyone who's a stakeholder who's involved 
whether it be the agency, the person on the team responsible for ads, the brand owner, the CEO, if everyone involved like understands the structure, that's that's just better outcomes for everyone. There's a lot less questions going around and problems having to be squashed for no reason. Could, couldn't agree more. And how aggressive, if at all, you know, you, you're taking over an account, they've got mashed up ad groups. How aggressive do you go after that? Like where in your priority list? Like, is this a level 10 priority for you? A, a level one priority? You know, you'll circle back around to it in a couple of weeks. Uh, where do you think of how important that is? I think it's, I think it's, um, I, I would say proper to first assess the performance of these. Mm-hmm. If they're doing horribly and they're really draining ad spend and hurting the account's performance and, you know, taking away impressions and spend from other places, they'd be much better distributed. That becomes very high priority. Uh, but when we first start with an account, that triage cleanup stage, that would be something that would be caught in that early stage. Right. If it's doing really well, um, maybe we pause some of the ones in one match type and then leave the ones that are doing quite well there and then start to shift those impressions to other places mm-hmm. uh, for the ones that we paused or downbid significantly. Yeah. Um, it's not usually a good idea to do like an abrupt stop where you just put a, you know, you archive it or just kill it. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like let it down easy. <laughs> yeah. I could so, so to speak. I'm in the same, I, I would copy and paste exactly what you just said for my approach to for sure. Um, so when you do this at scale with a, with a keyword dump situation where we've got hundreds of keywords, all with different mash types, that exactly what you just said gets exacerbated by a lot. Uh, it becomes very difficult to uh, hone in. You're adding a lot of extra steps to hone in on what's doing well, what's not doing well. Um, you know, this keyword might be doing poorly, but maybe it's just a few search terms that are dragging it down or something like that. You're making your life much more difficult by doing it that way. You're making it much harder to have a refined account, uh, which leads to other downstream things, which we'll get to in a second. It's actually hard to have this episode because there's so many things that are bad about having this massive keyword dump with massive amounts of products or a high percentage of your products in one ad group. There's actually so many reasons why this is bad. It's like hard to just go one by one because the mixed match types is related to, to another thing and the next thing. Um, so not only mixing match types, but mixing up keyword strategy where you know, you could potentially have your branded terms and your non-branded terms in there. You could have maybe top of the funnel keywords and bottom of the funnel keywords. You can have lagging converters with strong converters all mashed up. And I know that for me, when I'm thinking about keyword strategy, I, I want to be intentional about where things are going, why they're there, and what the particular performance goals of that particular bucket are. So, Maybe it's a different variation we're trying to move inventory for. Uh, so that has its own goal. So we, we need to break out the product and we want to send along some keywords. And then we can actually slow down the inventory movement so that we can prevent going uh, out of stock and we can do specific bid optimization for that product with those keywords um, so to sort of have that available to us to have that throttle. And you just don't have that throttle when you have all of these mashed up in one. Um, so the account can be sort of seesawed in one direction or the other within the keywords itself and the products. Yeah, I think the biggest one to touch on is perhaps the branded and unbranded. Mm-hmm. Because when we have campaigns, when we do segment it at the campaign level, not at the ad group, for branded anything. So anything that counts as kind of branded for a client's uh, brand, you know, misspellings of the brand name, yeah. um, the obvious like exact match high volume ones, those are going to dilute the results 
in any case, you know, branded campaigns are typically going to have a far better ACoS and conversion rate and the spend yeah. for those needs to be accounted for properly. Yep. So if you have a couple of like stealthy brand terms, like sneaking in your, uh, mm -hmm. your keyword dump product dump, yep. this is going to make it look far better than it actually is once you drill into it. And you realize, oh, these two super uh, like fat head keywords that have a high amount of uh, clicks and search are 300 ACoS. Uh, meanwhile, yeah. this branded one over here is two. And well, in, in aggregate, it looks pretty good, but <laughs> actually yeah. that's not the reality of it. Yeah. I was just evaluating a keyword dump ad group and the ACoS, I forget what it was, the ACoS for every keyword zero to one orders. So they had all these keywords that had hundreds of keywords, but for zero to one, the ACoS was something astronomical. I think it was over a hundred percent. And then the ACoS for keywords that had two or more orders was an appropriate, like 40% or something like that. So the, the, the way that the account was structured, it made it difficult for that person who is managing their own campaigns to optimize them because they didn't know they couldn't see the forest through the trees. They were looking at sort of the campaign level, the ad group level, they're scratching their head, they're sorting by, uh, you know, orders or they're sorting by spend. And like uh, the ones that, you know, some of them looked good, some of them didn't, and they couldn't sort of pinpoint where it was. And I think this is actually more common. So campaign structure, especially putting lots of products with lots of keywords inside a single ad group makes it difficult to optimize. So not only a performance uh, you know, specifications aside and how Amazon prefers us to structure ad groups, performance aside, it's just hard to manage. It's difficult to, to, to manage, especially for a lot of people managing their own campaigns. And the next on the list, we've got starving keywords. And I, I'd also, I'd also potentially say starving product ads too. Um, yeah, both. So, you know, we're getting, we're recording this the week of Thanksgiving. So starving tomorrow, I will not be as I gorge myself <laughs> on a small, intimate, outdoor Thanksgiving. So with that said, what is this concept of starving keywords or starving product ads? Well, for the low, low price of $5 a week, you can help starving keywords yes. in your account. <laughs> no. uh, in, in all seriousness, starving keywords and the idea of products, I think, is also entirely valid, although mm -hmm. we usually talk about keywords. Right. If you have, let's say, 700, like you mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. keywords in a ad group, how many of those do you honestly think are going to get enough impressions, not even to mention spend and yeah. clicks? to have any kind of conclusion. What conclusion are you going to draw from that? Right. So you are effectively saying, I think these are keywords that are a good bet, but I don't actually want to give them enough money to find out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, th there's this weird mechanism inside Amazon sponsored product ad groups where if you have 500 keywords, I I'd probably say, and you, if you were to sort that by spend, You'd probably only have spend over ten dollars for maybe fifty of them, and then like the bottom four hundred and fifty will have minuscule spend, like under ten dollars, under five dollars, under you know a dollar in some cases. So this concept sort of talks about you know it touches on this mechanical thing uh, that Amazon sort of wants to structure ad groups. I don't know why. This happens potentially something with how they're scanning the ad groups uh, and they're not able to, you know, it gets choked up when they're scanning a, just a single ad group. Uh, and it's easier if, if they're, they're segmented. But this whole concept of starving keywords happens a lot with these keyword dump ad groups where, you know, your top 10, 20% of keywords take up all the spend 
I, I have I, I partly think that it, it's just the ones that got the spend first. So like they'll be prioritized in that ad group moving forward. And I also see it sometimes with product ads too, where you've got loads of product ads, loads of keywords, only like the top 10% of uh, either will really get any significant clicks. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to drive traffic to your green coaster, to go back to your earlier example, mm-hmm. but the one that's black is always selling the best, which is you know often the case with products on Amazon. The ones that are gray or black or white, you know, more neutral basic colors, are typically the the winners. If mm-hmm. you put five in a group and they and they kind of fight it out, that one that has the strongest sales and conversion rate is going to rise to the top. So if yeah. you have a keyword in there, green coaster, and your green coaster's in there, it's probably starving for attention. It probably doesn't right. get any kind of matchup with yeah. the appropriate search terms and keywords that it deserves. Uh, the black one is probably just taking all of the um, attention because it's the winner. Yeah. And there are some matchups that it would it would probably make sense for, to have the green coaster match up with, but there's no opportunity to, to really have that happen in this massive ad group. Um, you know, the, the whole starving keywords thing ties in really nicely with budgetary concerns where, you know, I think it's interesting... Anytime, I, I consider this, and tell me if you agree with this, Brent, I consider any keyword that you are putting inside your account that you don't have data for yet. So you haven't seen, a, you haven't seen the search term performance uh, in somewhere in another ad group, or you, know, you just have very little data for it. If you're putting inside your PPC campaign, it's a test. So like you don't have any data on it. You need to find out if it's going to perform well. If you put in 700 keywords into an ad group, you and you know you might need to spend who knows twenty dollars in ad spend you know maybe twenty clicks whatever across seven hundred keywords do you really want to do that because twenty dollars in spend times seven hundred keywords is fourteen thousand dollars to to test and you know that might be fine but you know one thing I think is interesting is is you we've already talked about how the keyword starving happens in a large keyword ad group so you have keywords that are going to be starved. So all of your budget is going to go towards sort of the, the early ones that got the clicks. And then in addition to that, you probably don't have enough budget to really test that many keywords all at once. Um, and I, I would say the keyword dumping happens a lot more, uh, maybe in budgets uh, less than $10,000 a month in ad spend. So, you know, when you have that, you know, you don't really have a lot of budget to go out there and have such a big percentage of your account be going towards these testing things. So not only does the architecture of Amazon not work here, but the budget concerns uh, don't make sense either for dropping this many keywords into an ad group. Right. I would say, and that's a great distinction to make with, with people who are trying to wrap their heads around advertising in general, but the lower your budget, the less testing you're going to be able to do. If you say, oh, we want to spend $100 a day for this month. I mean, you can't necessarily roll out every single campaign type and targeting type with a full complement of keywords. That's right. not possible. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to get some of those with spend and traction, and it's going to take you a very, very long time to come to any kind of conclusions because the rate at which you spend is the rate at which you gather data. Right. And I would even go a further step, Mike, with what you said, which is not only is each keyword, um, once you have, let's say, $20 into it, an experiment, but each keyword at a certain bid level is technically its own experiment. Because right. what you're trying to do is figure out where the, the value of a CPC is for that keyword. So maybe at $2, it doesn't make sense. But actually at uh, $0.75, cents, it makes a ton of sense because the return is, is great and it's getting 
you know, a balance of that exposure and actual sales that you're looking for, albeit at a lower level of, uh, you know, clicks and spend. That's a really good point, uh, which I, is very difficult to do because a lot of times with a, a keyword dump and product dump ad group, there's not that fine of consideration for each keyword. It's sort of just like hack and slash type thing, um, <laughs> which I don't know high performing advertisers on Amazon that operate by like hack and slash. Um, I, I think all the high level advertisers I know are a lot more intentional about, um, you know, each, each little keyword they have is a, is a, a chicken that they want to have grass fed in the pasture to make it really easy for them to lay eggs, the happy little chickens, as opposed to just like, <laughs> the factory farming analogy, I right? Suppose. Yeah, sure. Yes, good. <laughs> yeah, at, at scale, all in one, all in one building, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah. And just like one's not heavy enough at a certain time, like get rid of it. Yeah. Um, th- and, and here's probably from this list, it's one of the biggest ones to not have loads of product ads, loads of keywords inside the the same ad group, which is a lot of people don't even know this. There's no report that you can get from Amazon anywhere that pairs up your product, the product that was served with the search term that triggered it. Did I say that right? Sounds good to me. And there's no setting that allows you to choose. Right. There's nowhere where you can view the product that was triggered and the search term that triggered it, which is, it's so like, it's so simple. Like it sounds, it feels like we should have that data. And people probably feel like they look at that data, but there's no report that exists that actually gives you that data, um, which is kind of crazy. Right, because I see our job as getting the person searching the customer, the shopper, as close as possible to the point where they're going to make a purchase. Mm -hmm. And the problem with this methodology is this idea of like the colors and variations. If someone's landing at the black one, but they search for the green, well, that's not exactly the closest point to what they want, is it, based on their search intent? Mm-hmm. And for many keywords, you can't tell search intent. If someone just puts in dog coaster, well, you know, it could be any color, really. And mm-hmm. there may be groupings of products and keywords that are more appropriate for that. But if someone is actually going to the trouble and saying green, send them to the green one. Right. Yeah. So, so you could be bidding on a phrase match inside an ad group and the, the word would be coaster. And however, the person searched green coaster and you would never know that green coaster triggered your black coaster uh, because that information is not available. There's, so there's the product ad report, which tells you how your, your products performed. And there's the keyword report, which tells you how your, how your keywords performed. And there's a search term report, which tells you how your search terms performed. But there's no one that matches all these things up together. So a lot of high-level advertisers will be really intentional about their product ad groups, knowing that like these product ads that are in this product ad group can be completely relevant for everything that is going to get searched from this ad group, uh, or even go as far as single product ad groups, where you know everything that was triggered in this ad group was for this particular product. So all of my keywords, that all my search terms that triggered were for this particular product. So that's really the only way to know for certain what was triggered by your search term to have single product ad groups. Um, so when you have this massive keyword dump and having a lot of your products in there, there's no way that you can match up that information and you're missing out on such a wealth of optimization data that you literally cannot access with this campaign structure. 
And you can't name it properly, can you? Right. What are you possibly going to call this campaign in that group? I mean, there's not enough characters provided in there for you to say all the different products that are in it. Yeah. I mean, and even then, what would you call it? All, everything, mm-hmm. catch all. <laughs> it's yeah. you know, not very interesting, not descriptive, not useful. Yeah. Uh, always try to encode as much information as you can in your naming. You mm-hmm. know, it doesn't have to be... Um, you know, the same that the way, way that Mike and I like prefer to do it. And I'm sure our methods are different for that right. matter. I'm not sure if we've ever discussed, but mm-hmm. you know, as long as you have a lot of information in there at the campaign and at group level, that's the, that's the objective of naming, right? To make it clear and encode information. So at a glance, you can see immediately what it is. Mm-hmm. Do you, so we've talked about reasons why to not do this. Um, you mentioned the word catch all. And I do also see periodically, it's not, it's not as popular. It doesn't happen as much, but I will often see things like the 20 cent or 30 cent catch-all ad group. Um, and the catch-all ad group is generally, I see it as a, generally I see it as an automatic targeting sponsored product where it's just a low cost automatic targeting sponsored product campaign. Um, have you ever seen a catch-all where they would have all these keywords, but it would be very small. I'm sorry, very small bids for so many different keywords. Mm, well, I've seen it, but we don't do that personally mm-hmm. at Pathfinder. Uh, mm-hmm. We certainly do the auto catch-all in some circumstances where we have an extra budget that allows for it because the results for those can be really great. You know, As you know, anything at a low enough CPC can work quite well. Um, yeah, 20 mm-hmm. cents could, could be fine. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's a place where you're not so concerned about the actual data. You will get data from it. It might not be the most useful, but this is an account, sorry, a campaign that's going to make up a tiny percentage of the overall spend in your account. Yeah. So we've, uh, hopefully by now, I, we, uh, and you, you too, Brent, we have driven down the point because I think <laughs> this will relieve so much pressure from people about why this is bad. But I also wanted to get to why, what to do instead. Uh, Because, okay, we're going to get rid of this keyword dumping. We're not going to just grab a whole bunch of all of our products, all of our keywords, stick them into sponsored product ad group and let it ride. Let's talk about what to do instead. Here we go. All right. So Brent, do you have a ideal target, something that feels right to you, something that you see consistently work well in your highest performing campaigns, a target keywords per ad group ratio. Like how many keywords do you generally like to see in there? I would say between 35 and 60 is a pretty good range. Mm -hmm. Um, Depending on the match type, of course, let's assume that we're doing open match types uh, like phrase or broad. That's probably like a good amount because any more than that, and you start to run into some of these, you know, keyword starving issues, budgetary sharing concerns. And of course, these are all the same match type in there. Um, I think that's probably a good, a good number. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. About 35 or so. Um, couldn't agree more uh, with generally that's what to rock with. If you are experiencing the sort of keyword dump or product ad dump inside your ad group, how do you like to rectify that? Like if you were to take over an account or someone is listening and they have 500 keywords, 55 products in there, how would you recommend they rectify that? I think we discussed this and we have the same approach, which is pretty Mm -hmm. much let's 
chop off the the bottom uh, keywords that are having trouble getting sufficient impressions and clicks and spend and build a new ad group and put them in there and then work that into our um, what do you guys call it the the rick the rip peel and stick system you know Ooh, I like uh, that rip rip and stick uh, rip and stick system <laughs> I like that that's I'm really bad at naming things uh, I, I think I had a stroke of genius with ad badger but really that was just I liked the video well that's the most important name so <laughs> yeah. I think your audience understands the concept right where you're migrating these search terms yeah. out of these and so if you're adding new uh, ad groups you're going to have to accommodate for those new ad groups in your system and your structure mm-hmm. and that's pretty easy to do with software that automates it right so just just account for that but yeah giving those the kind of space to breathe so to speak and maybe it does mean a new campaign where the budget is separate but sometimes mm-hmm. a new ad group could be fine yeah couldn't agree more I do the same thing Uh, The way that my mind works is I like to grab, so if there's, you know, 500 in there, I'll grab the bottom 10%. So I'll I'll start with 50, boom, take those, put those somewhere else. uh, And then I'll like check back in in a few days or or however. And what I generally expect to see is a net gain of impressions and a net gain of clicks. Meaning when all 500 were mashed up together, maybe we were averaging, you know, a thousand impressions a day. And now that we've segmented these things out, maybe we're at 1500 impressions a day. So that's generally how to think about and why to stop this keyword starving phenomenon that happens with a whole bunch of different keywords. So that's pretty big. That's pretty key. Um, And, you know, you were talking about how your team approaches keyword research and it was almost like when you were listing it out, I was picturing this SOP, standard operating procedure. I was picturing it. And then like one of the steps was like, take a break, look at what you're actually doing, be intentional. Uh, could, you, could you give context on how you talk to your team about this sort of intentionality of every keyword that becomes a test? Yeah, sure. I think this is almost a study in... Um kind of like delayed gratification almost. Mm -hmm. So you say, I get this campaign going, I'm going to put these keywords in here, put the ad group up, it's set up, set the bids, we're good, next one. But actually, if you take the 20, 25, 30 at most minutes to really take a a, a, a hand-picked approach to the keywords that are in your campaigns and be super intentional about what they are, you can go through the list and take that extra 25, 30 minutes because in the long run, that is going to save you so much frustration with, oh, these keywords aren't performing. What did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. How can I modify the bids on these to make them suck less? Yeah. <laughs> or uh, we spent you know, so much client money uh, and these keywords weren't even a good bid, um, weren't even a good test. So take that extra time and front end load your work. You know, put more time into that at the very beginning because over the long term, that is going to save you hours. You know, that 25 minutes you put in is going to save you hours of frustration, time, wasted ad spend. So to me, it's kind of like... Uh, painful at first, but long-term, you know, second order, it's good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And lastly, if you have a small budget, you need a small amount of targets, full stop there. I haven't thought too much about this, like uh, a perfect ideal amount of targets per budget. Uh, But generally I I try to recommend that, uh, you know, each keyword has its time in the spotlight. And if you really think about the math there, like if you, if you are dropping in 500 keywords and you know, everyone were to spend a dollar a day, which is an incredibly small amount of keywords, uh, an incredibly small amount of spend per keyword, potentially you can have 500 clicks, one click on every keyword and have no orders. Cause maybe every keyword only converts every 
10 clicks or 20 clicks or whatever it might be. So I always try to think in terms of like, uh, you know, are we, you know, you can starve the, starve the ad group by having so many keywords that Amazon literally can't keep up with the amount of keywords in, in it, but you can also starve it by just having too small of a budget, uh, relative to your keyword amount. Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts on, uh, target to budget ratio? You know, I know this is a, this is a question that, that I, I know I haven't thought of yet. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one to come up with without thinking about with a few more uh, considerations. But I will say, you know, we have had accounts in the past where they say we have a pretty big catalog, but we want to spend $800 a day. Mm-hmm. And it's peak seasonality, for instance. We know the conversions are good. So it's like, okay, well, then we're going to have to make a decision on the, man- on the management agency side to say... We can only really place bets on keywords that are super bottom of the funnel, super clear bet, because we know that the conversion rate for those is going to be great. So we can make the ACoS look really nice. But what we're not doing there is learning much of anything. We're not really exploring some of the mid-funnel, upper-funnel, new ad types, new campaign types, and testing things. So I feel like we are kind of missing out on some stuff, because part of the... um, process of advertising with PPC is, is testing and always devoting some of that budget towards testing. Mm-hmm. But if we can spend $1,200 and they only want us to spend 600, well, we're going to have to make some cuts to things that we would rather prefer to do. Um, so I, I don't know if there's a ratio, but I, I guess there's times when you, you see it and it just feels wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not very, uh, qualitative though. I know <laughs> no, you're, it's true. It's, it's really true. A lot of times you're you're looking for other metrics, other factors that are informing uh, that it's a bad idea. Uh, and then you could sort of look at it. I, I think for me, the the number one factor is just, is there a lot of keyword starving going on? Like inside this particular ad group, uh, are the bottom, you know, 10, 20, 50% of these keywords just getting no visibility? Is that because of an ad group uh, limitation that Amazon has, or is it a budget issue? Um, so sort of just looking at it a lot of times with PPC, you have to look at it from a lot of different angles. And I think this is one thing that one does look at it with a lot of different angles, but hopefully by now, no one, I'll never see ever again, the keyword dump and product ad dump ever again. Is this how it works? Brent, you like do a podcast on something and then it, it, uh, is gone forever. Problem solved. We've cured it. What other, <laughs> what other problems in the, the world should we cure? Got them, boys. <laughs> Got them. Next week, I'll, I'll help everyone exercise regularly. I'm going to give you some pep talk. You're going to exercise regularly all the time. It's going to be great. Uh, We're going to come out of looking again. like Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's right. Yes. And then I'll, I'll give some advice on how to never uh, be stressed ever again. That'll be good. Thanks, I'm cured. <laughs> And, uh, no, seriously, you know, PPC is, is one thing that's so complex and so complicated that it is so tempting to do the keyword and product dump. It is so tempting to do it. It is easy to do. You can just click at all these products. You can copy and paste this keyword list and, and have it run. It is so tempting, but it is something that we must resist and spend that little extra time being a little bit more intentional about those keywords. You can still use those tools that give you a lot of different keyword ideas, but be more intentional about how you insert those into your campaigns and how you test those. Uh, Smaller groups generally work better than larger groups for so many reasons that we mentioned here. 
And I, uh, I, I hope that we can start to see fewer and fewer accounts that have many, many keywords with paired up in ad groups with many, many products. Uh, the keyword dump and product ad dump revisited for late 2020. And Brent, you have been guest co-host now for the last month. Uh, how has it been for you? It's been fantastic. I've looked forward to this each week, and I think each of our episodes will stand uh, as pretty good evergreen uh, listening for people even six months from now, I hope. Yes. Uh, I will have to have you back again for a future uh, guest co-host in residence, because this was absolutely wonderful. I've really enjoyed speaking with you. We're going to continue speaking behind the scenes. I'm positive of it. And uh, can't wait to have you back on the show. It is an absolute privilege. I'm going to pump you up once more. Where? I'll I'll just tell people where to find you. I know where to find you. (laughs) You can find Brent at AMZ Pathfinder, where he is the masterful CEO that uh, I think there's very few people that fuse great Amazon PPC principles and really care about performance and really care about the craft uh, I was trying to tell someone this, uh, I was trying to tell a prospect this about the the care, the love and attention that you get uh, to the craft of actually servicing Amazon advertising that isn't found in every person and every company, but it is alive and well with you. And it is nice. The force oh, is strong in you. So it, it, is, <laughs> it is a pleasure to to be around you and learn from you. And I know that all of our listeners really appreciated getting cool outside perspectives uh, from what uh, I'm normally blabbling blabbling about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it just comes from a practitioner's mindset and, you know, a long time of doing it. So practice makes perfect over the years. Yes. Awesome, Brent. Well, we will have you back for sure. And thank you so much. Thanks, Mike.